0: Welcome back to the Eduverse Enigma podcast. This week, we're chatting with special guests Angeline King and Michelle O'Brien, the Indigenous Studies Coordinator at Georgian College. This episode, we'll be diving into the Indigenous culture and language, VR tools for language preservation, and the importance of experiential learning, especially for Indigenous learners. You won't want to miss it. Right. hello everyone and welcome to the Edgeverse podcast. Really excited to have uh, two guests on today. We have Angeline and Michelle joining us from Georgian College and they've been doing some really exciting work with virtual reality at Georgian. So I'm excited to jump into the work that they've been doing um, and the changes that they see happening in the education space as it comes to immersive technology and other uh, technologies and things influencing the space. Um, so yeah, hello, Angeline and Michelle, how's it going?
1: Hi, good, how are you? Good, good. Happy to good. be here,
0: too. Awesome, awesome, happy to Thanks have you here. Thanks for
2: inviting us, Evan. Thank you for for sure. so much.
0: For sure, really happy to have you. And um, for anybody watching the video, sorry that we can't uh, see Michelle's beautiful face, but she had some internet <laughs> issues, so she's jumping on with her phone today. Um, <laughs> But uh, for the audience to jump into it, uh, could each of you just give a quick background on on yourself and what got you into uh, into the education space first of all and then into interested in virtual reality?
1: Do you want me to go first, Michelle? Sure, Angie, go first. That'd be great. Yeah. So Anine Bojo, um Shkish Nakaz and Chimnessing Odin Donjaba and um Megazi Dodam. So what I said was um my spirit name is um New Day Woman and I'm from Christian Island and I'm with the Eagle Clan, and I've been with Georgian College for five years now. I'm alumni of Georgian. I did the same program that I'm teaching now. It was called something different. So right now it's called Anishinaabe and um, Program Development. And um, when I graduated in five five years ago, I was actually in my 50s. I went back to school quite late. I wanted to go back and learn the language, how to read and write it, and so. I went out into the workforce for, for a couple of years and then Michelle contacted me to ask me to come back and work at Georgian so I've been there since and we've been doing a lot of different programs since so um I'll let Michelle introduce herself but I'm a professor there and I'm quite happy to have been there for the last five years
0: awesome thank you Angelina.
1: Oh, mi- mi- great, Angeline oh me to, Angeline Uh,
2: Anine Bojo, Michelle O'Brien, Indigenous Cause. I am the program coordinator for Indigenous Studies programming. Very proudly to say, I was telling the students today, come January, I've been at the college in Indigenous Studies for 22 years. Amazing. Congratulations. Oh, and it doesn't feel like it. Honestly, it really doesn't. I wish... I had another 22, <laughs> um, but we'll see. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm just so happy to be able to do what I love so much. And, uh, I teach within our programs too, as well. Uh, I'm not a language speaker. I do speak a little bit. Um, I did take Ojibwe one to four a few years ago so that I could do my part in revitalization of the language and um and just being an advocate for moving the language forward i think with the new generation of learners and um and i think that's why we we came up with the idea to do virtual reality within the language program
0: Amazing, amazing, and we'll, we'll we'll jump into what you are doing in the language program with Virtuality in a second. But I, I think an interesting place uh, to start off, Angeline, you're saying you just went through the program five years ago. So on on your side, did you think that you would be coming back to teach in five years? And Michelle, <laughs> curious to know what made you think Angeline would be a good fit to bring back to the program. But
1: well, I energy. actually did not think I would ever come back to Georgian College. The program was totally different back then um, from the teachers I taught or who taught me. Mm-hmm. But as I'm going through my two-year program there, I've seen a few things that I uh, thought would be better for learning as a student. And so when I came back and Michelle said, you know, here's the, here's the programs I want you to teach, and I was really excited because I was I'm more hands-on exper- experiential learning. So that's what I incorporated into these programs. And so I take my students out to, into the community because um, typically our people don't learn in in an inside environment. We're out in the cultural environment. So hands-on stuff is really important. And they tend to be able to absorb it a lot better because you're doing everything together outside and learning language along with it. So I think it's worked out really well. We've had some really good graduates move on to do other things in the language. So my main focus really in this program is to be able to develop um, language speakers that will move on to become language teachers. So, but Michelle can um, cut in there and tell you about why she contacted me. <laughs> why Why did I think Angie was so special? <laughs>
2: exactly. Well, exactly. I'll tell you. When I noticed when Angie was, was a student with us, um, she actually lived the farthest uh, in the program, and she was always the first one there. And whether it was a snowstorm or whatever it may be, she was always there at uh, school to learn. And also, I remember we were doing program renewal that year. And I thought, you know what, let's get the students input on uh, changes in the program. And I went in and asked. And Angie was the only one that came forward. And she came and sat in our meetings. And she contributed to the changes. And um, I just found her... To have a lot of personal- personality that I carry is just getting the job done. <laughs> and um, so I thought when I had heard that she graduated from, well, I knew that she graduated from the program, but I heard that she was teaching in Toronto and that she had moved to Barry. I thought, oh my gosh, that's a long hike for her. I think I'm going to contact her and see if I could steal her. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did. I said, hey, are you tired of driving to Toronto every day? And she said, well, you know, and I said, well, I said, I'd love to offer you a job to teach. Because Angie has something that not many possess, and that is she's a first language speaker. So the language is very near and dear to her heart, and she knows the importance. Of um, giving that gift to others. And so, she's all around, she's just an amazing, wonderful human. And um, I'm so happy that uh, I get to partner with her with the virtual reality. I love it. Oh, love
1: gee, it. thanks, Michelle. If <laughs> <laughs> you That's ever so need a reference, Andy, I'll give you a later. reference. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pay you $20 later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, oh my
0: gosh! I love that so much that yeah, you could see those areas that might need to be improved in in the program uh, while you were a student, and and having that passion to come back and continue to improve it uh, as a professor. That's that's so amazing.
1: And that was the really key point to. Um, a lot of students maybe not succeeding in the program is because they needed to be able to do that hands-on and where they were um good at um a lot of students that come in that don't know the language they're just like babies they start from day one and so they're uh, learning to speak the language learning to read and write it so uh, obviously a fluent speaker that has some language comes in and they're not as good with reading and writing and that's only natural because they've only heard the language so there was no written um, language before mm-hmm. prior to coming you know um, all these um, studies now okay. where um, they're coming in and learning to read and write it so of course they read and write a lot faster. It's a little bit intimidating when you're a fluent speaker and you're not grasping the reading and the writing part of it, you know, because you are you can automatically do it in your head while you're speaking, changing, you know, your um, suffixes and your pronouns and stuff like that, that you're adding it. But when it's in a, um, a pattern and um, paradigms and all that, you're not, you're not up to snuff with that. You just know you can do it, right? Mm -hmm. so those are the things you have to learn when you're coming back to school as a fluent speaker so it's kind of it's harder for a fluent speaker to come back to learn that those two things the reading and the writing so but what i also notice is um when i was going to school i wasn't getting a lot of hands-on stuff to do and i wasn't able to um like show what I could do. Um, The teachers taught differently. So what I do with my students is everybody gets a chance to go up to the board and start writing sentences. We can all take a look at it. And we can see where we're going wrong and where we need help. And I know it's a little bit intimidating at first when students do it, but they just love that. They almost ran to the um, whiteboard just to go and write their sentence because they were excited to find new words and write new sentences so um i like to do that kind of stuff with my students i think um for them you're going to end up wanting to be up at the front of the um classroom anyway if you want to teach right so this gives them a good opportunity to showcase themselves as well
0: for sure. And that, that's such a great way to bring peers together. I, I know personally, I've been starting to learn Japanese on on Duolingo. And yeah, just kind of as a challenge, there isn't really a reason behind it. But uh, I decided to download Duolingo and challenge myself a little bit by learning Japanese and uh, hasn't been coming the greatest, I'll be honest, it's a challenge. So I oh, sure. pick I,
2: the hardest language in exa- the world, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like you said, I I can see how frustrating that would be if you like completely understood how to speak Japanese in my case but then you're going through and you don't know like, what are all these these symbols in Japanese at least uh, what do these mean um or how to write them into a full sentence so I, I can definitely see that struggle but but to your point of bringing students up to write I think that's amazing because I I know myself on Duolingo I'm always watching the leaderboard and competing with my peers there so it's like even more you're Maybe a little bit of competition, but then you're getting that peer feedback as well when you're writing. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Amazing.
2: Yeah. But I also think, though, Angie's being a little humble because when she says she likes to do experiential learning. So in the past, she's taken our students to the Toronto Zoo to do a scavenger hunt in the language so that they get to actually experience being with uh, animals, like in person and she doesn't just show them pictures right she actually takes them where they are um she's uh, one time she said to oh i'm taking the students to the second hand store i said uh, for what? <laughs> and she said well i taught them about money and clothes and and things and so now they're going to go shopping but they can only use the language
0: <laughs> and i that's went that's amazing
2: wow yeah it is amazing and then she would hold teas too as well so she would have a tea an afternoon tea and uh and have all these wonderful things to snack on and and they could only speak the language while they were having the tea um so she 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 really is very creative in thinking uh about uh, a lot of experiential learning opportunities because that's the best way if you're going to learn oh for sure
0: yeah, no. I I only wish that I was in a class like yours when I was. I had some great French teachers when I was going through uh, <laughs> learning French. But uh, yeah, it would be amazing to go to go to the zoo or, or do all those types of things as well. I love it.
1: I've yeah. actually taken my uh, students. Um, two years ago the ones that just graduated to Black River which is just outside of Aurelia and we did a two-day immersion so we stayed in cabins um, and through the whole day it was all uh, language immersed so um, there was no cell phones on they were left on the side they could hear them go off and if it was urgent they could go answer it but other than that it was all language and um uh, they cooked in the language they did activities in the language um the only time they were allowed not to use the language was at six o'clock when everything was finished dinner was finished and then they can speak to themselves and i'll tell you the first day there was a lot of silence
0: <laughs> i could see i could see why
1: <laughs> not a lot of cooking eh <laughs> <No>. <laughs> no they, yeah. <laughs> um, they would just look at each other and they're trying to think of what they can say to each other and stuff like that so i mean it was a little intimidating for them but i i think with the feedback that we got from it it was a good learning curve for them to see that you know you can immerse yourself into the language and be able to um absorb a lot more of it, right and we had our elder Nocness Ernestine who's our elder at Georgian come and she would read stories or do activities with them and not just to give it a little bit of, um, a different little flair to, to them being there for two days. So yeah, we're going to do it again, um, next year.
0: Amazing. Amazing. That That is so cool. And I, I love that your, your elder was able to, to come and, and read stories there as well and be involved. That's, that's amazing. I guess mm-hmm. that kind of leads into like one of my questions, like, what, uh, before we get into the virtual reality side of things, like what has Georgian been able to do? And maybe I guess it would lead into VR, but as, as a college, like what is Georgian doing uniquely that is allowing um, both your program to flourish as well as um, how virtual reality ties into it, I guess. My, I can't even tell you our, our college
2: is so innovative and you know and that's because we have a wonderful lead uh who's the manager of immersive technology rob terrio he's
0: on and, the podcast tomorrow so.
2: <laughs> oh good because i'll tell you i with being at the college for such a long time and for this to have come uh just after the, you know we were home for uh, a month or two for the pandemic and it was I don't know, it was something I needed anyway. And, um, you know, and it was just, it was very challenging in the beginning, but it was just very uplifting. But just to watch our college and uh, under, you know, the guidance of Rob and and what he, he's been able to bring uh, to different departments, not just one industry, you know, and... Um, and uh, and just the support um uh Greg McGregor he is uh the manager of student services in our department um because the faculty are under studies but Greg is uh, the one that has uh, uh the ability to help with uh monies and you know and and opportunities so i always include him in, if i know that it's going to be a benefit to the students And when uh, Rob called me, he messaged me and he said, it was summer 2022, I mean, 2020, it's 22 now. And and he said, Michelle, he said, have you thought about doing virtual reality and within the language program? And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, you know, and to me that was like gaming and all that. And I'm like, I can't game. So, you know, and then, uh, and it didn't take long. It was just a minute or two. And I said, you know what, this is n- not about me. This is about the next generation of learners. This is about enticing young ones to want to learn a language that is dying. And we have to do, it is, it, it, it's, you know, we have to do every single thing we can to bring them um, to, to want to, and inspire them to want to learn the language. And I'm thinking this may be one of the ways, right, and so Rob he started off right away hes he went and built us an indigenous world in alt oh, space uh, v r uh and um he built us a home, and it was pretty cool. I have to tell you what he did, and he he listened to us, and then you know he the most wonderful, wonderful person to work with, I will have to tell you, and um and then Angie took her students in there in uh, the fall, and um, we, our manager thought, you know, let's get some headsets and send them to the students so that the students can come in. And I thought, oh, this is this is this is going to work. This is fantastic, you know. And uh, and and Angie will tell you about the experience when the students went into the alt space home. <laughs> um, at first, and um, and then I think it was uh, early November, and Rob said, Oh, I have to introduce you to someone that I know. He's a developer uh, and from BitSpace, uh, Dan Blair. And um, if you want to create some worlds for uh, Engage VR, and I went, Okay, here we go. <laughs> and uh, we, we met with him, and so that was two years ago this November, and we started off uh building our first uh indigenous world which was language in the home because in our ANPD program in Moen and program development we have language in the home language in the workplace language in the natural environment and uh, language in the community and I said to Angie well, why don't we just base the worlds upon those courses so when you teach them you can take the students in there and um so th- uh, they started off building our home and we launched that in May 2021. And since then, uh, we've completed all the worlds. Uh, we're so excited. I can't even tell you. We had a launch, uh, three weeks ago and I think, uh, initially, uh, there was 23 people that had come in and there were some people from the United States and, um, and different uh, virtual reality universities and and colleges that we're doing or uh, tr- trying to put together projects and have contacted us, which is great. Some indigenous groups too in communities and uh, uh, we've had so many opportunities to come out of this virtual reality, it's unbelievable. But um, we are... Oh, I, I just sometimes can't even put it into words what's happened uh, in the last two years. And, um, but Angie will be able to talk to you about the, the experience of uh, probably the first experience of the students and the new students that we just uh, we sent them all headsets in the mail and or they picked them up. And um, they all came in uh, two weeks ago and uh and we had city tv news come and film them we were on the news <laughs> and so, so she'll tell you what their reaction to
0: this amazing yeah. And just to so, preference, how many students are there in the class
1: we have 10 okay, that awesome. um, are currently enrolled in the program for just a language program and um so it was quite quite easy to be able to send those headsets out to each and one of them. They're not too far away. We have a couple that are a little bit further off, but they all managed to get it within the, um, the second day or the next day after they were sent out. Perfect. But yeah, so they were, um, I'll go back to the very first time we went into all space with our students. They've graduated since, but when COVID hit, It hit all of us in a certain way where we weren't used to being online and learning Mm -hmm. online. And it really um, kept our hands tied to what we could do with our students. And, I mean, the creativity that you have to build to try and get your students motivated in something that we need to be in a class together with or out in the community. So when Rob introduced, Vr to us we were gung-ho with it with Michelle and uh, we worked endless hours trying to get this on top of our jobs we were doing this at night weekends whatever to try and get it going. (laughs) but I'll tell you when the very first time the students went in there we had a couple of guys they knew a little bit about gaming and the girls weren't so good at it so they didn't know the techniques on how to use the toggles and stuff like that there's a basketball court out there so the guys were picking up the balls and playing basketball and they were throwing them in the hoops and whatnot and the girls were going i want to learn i want to learn so they were here they were out there playing (laughs) basketball with each other so i um when these things happen automatically i think okay so we have to develop words that go along with basketball like throw me the ball bounce the ball throw it in the home, um, run with the ball so anything that was associated with basketball we learned those words and then utilized it in the space and that was that's one of the major things that we do in this course is we learn the words and then we go and apply them in the worlds but the one thing that we did not know when virtual reality started was we really missed that human contact with each other but I swear when we we're all together in that virtual reality and you were talking <laughs> to your students face to face, it was unbelievable. Hey, right, Michelle, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. We were standing yeah. there talking to each other in virtual yep. reality. And yep. I swear every emotion that you feel when you're just standing in front of somebody was the same.
2: Yeah.
1: And mm-hmm. I couldn't it was It was awesome, and the student just loved it, and they loved going into that. Like every Thursday, we have the course, and (laughs) I can't wait to get into virtual reality. Can we just meet in there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh my God. But, oh, Angie, what was so exciting, though,
2: was the new group of students that um, uh, Rob came down with uh, his, uh, Victor, who works with him, to help the students. Um, log in to their headsets and so on. But when they got into the, the virtual reality world, they were like freaking right out. And these are not young people either. They're uh, students of all ages, like right up even in, I think there's uh, one at least in their 50s. And so they're not young learners. But when they put that headset on, they came into the virtual world. They were—you could hear them. Oh my gosh, Michelle, this is freaking awesome! <laughs> and they were just, and we were like, oh my god, not one of them had something negative to say. They thought it was—they said it's like—it's like we live in here, and we were Angie and I—we were killing ourselves laughing, right? Because we know, but to—to to be with—with an—with someone that is experiencing. Virtual reality for the first time is just incredible. It really is, and uh, and and we're really proud of the worlds because they are absolutely beautiful, uh, really, really beautiful. And uh, and we, we've also looked at virtual reality as a means of preserving the language. Um, for instance, we ha- in language in the workplace we have a schoolroom, and um, our elder. Uh, who actually is an avatar in three different uh, worlds? Uh, she's come in uh, before, and we have a recording of her, like a picture of her, on our classroom wall in uh, our classroom in uh, language uh, in the community and uh, language in the workplace. Sorry, and she and you click on it, and she does a whole prayer in Anishinaabemowin, and we have that forever and ever. Like, it's just so beautiful. We can just go in and we can learn a prayer in the language. And uh, we have our seven grandfather teachings on the wall. And uh, just to be able to, like, we'll have that as long as we have our world. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we find that really special. We named the elementary school after her, Nokomis Baldwin, too, which uh, brought tears to her eyes. It really did. She, But it was an honor to be able to do that for her because of what she has given to us, what she has taught us and, and how she inspires us each day. And so even though it's in virtual reality, we were able to name the school after her.
0: That's still such a, a great gesture. And uh, I think that's a, a really great point. I had kind of a million questions coming off of what both of you just said, but I think a a great uh, point there of what you were saying of preserving uh, that space I there's an article and I can't remember the name of the island but there's an island I believe uh, somewhere around Asia but it might be uh, it might be in South America but uh, because of climate change um, it's starting to disappear and, and, flood, yeah. and get flooded over so they're looking at how they can um, take their uh, digital twin of their island and put it into a VR space uh, as well uh, as all uh, their culture uh, and, and bring it in there so that is preserved, obviously, unfortunate circumstances. But uh, I, I wonder, what are both of your thoughts on preserving um, all kinds of different languages and cultures and uh, spe- specifically with what you're doing? How do you see that being able to spread possibly beyond Georgian? You mentioned a couple... Uh, people were reaching out to you, but I think that's a really interesting piece of the innovation Georgian's doing, reaching beyond just the college.
1: Okay, so (laughs) one of the things with the VR is um, because we put it into Anishinaabemowin Ojibwe, these worlds could be easily changed into different languages. Cree, Mohawk, Oji-Cree, they, and I mean, Mohawk has seven different dialects that they have, and they can go, the, the worlds are already built for them, the items are already there. All they need to do is just swap up the words. So that's one way of being able to prefer, preserve it in different languages, right? And then another thing that was um, mentioned to us as well is uh, how virtual reality could help the third world countries as far as um, even just teaching them, right, teaching them just basic school. But language to me is the key thing for our virtual reality and and to be um, trailblazers for um, virtual reality for all colleges and universities. And like Michelle said, it's not just our language program. Rob has done wonderful things with paramedics, nursing, and then being able to get practical um, experience through virtual reality. And I think it's just going to be part of um, the next generation of learning and and um, being able to utilize that a lot more in you know in the classroom so i think it's going to go a long way for preservation for any language really
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah i agree um, there
2: like so after we had our first launch we were contacted by a couple of different uh first nation communities and we actually met with one community back in January, and I thought, and they were, we find people are in shock when we show them, because I always get off, I go, Rob, are our worlds good? He Mm -hmm. goes, oh, yeah. I went, okay, because I said, because people just seem like, wow, like, in awe, right? But they're, but, but there's almost speechless or something. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, so they are good, right, Rob? He's like, yeah. And I said, okay. And, um, I said, so people are just like I guess amazed at what can be created to create language. So, the First Nation community that we first met with was, was from Walpole Island, and and then I think they must apply. Maybe they applied for a grant. I don't know, but we heard from them again, and they're like, we w- we're interested in what can we do with, can we, can how can we use your worlds, and we would like to maybe even create new ones for our own community. We're like, mm-hmm. we're going to meet, we've met with so many people. And then, you know, we're meeting with um, uh, a confederation college coming up. And then we've, we've met. Oh, and I got contacted last weekend from an Indigenous media group that is on a five-year project in creating uh, some com- form of uh, Indigenous gain. And they want to see our worlds to see what we've done. And we're like, oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah. And then and then uh, Angie, Rob and I were were blessed, very blessed with winning the uh Innovation Award for Teaching.
1: the uh, the, Ministry Premier, of the, the Ontario Yeah Pardon? Ministry of Colleges and University Award of Excellence.
2: Yes, uh, Rob, Angie and I are dean. Uh, Andy and my dean uh, Helen Pierce she nominated the three of us, and so we received that in January.
0: Oh, amazing! Huge congrats! I, I was reading a little bit about he, it before this, but hearing more now, yeah, amazing.
2: Yeah, and we were humble. Like I said to Rob, I don't think anyone else got nominated, right? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> I said, how come they picked us? And then we found out like, it was like out of like. 700 or 1,000 people, I went, no way. And I said, and they picked us, oh my gosh. And so we we're very humble that way because we didn't set out to win anything, but, um, you know, because we're just thinking of what, how can we better the lives of our students to learn. Sure. And then um, we won the gold CCAN award for indigenous education this year as well, That's indigenous easy. studies and services did. And uh, a good part of that was because of the innovative work we've been doing with virtual reality. And uh, so we're very, very blessed. So Georgian actually, we put Georgian on the map a little, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though other other par- departments actually are doing very well too, As uh, but as an indigenous studies department um, that we've been at Georgian college since 1995 and that's when we, we had our first program begin there. And, um, but they're, they're very proud of us too. Um, and, uh, and it's very nice to, uh, be able to do, do those things for our people, right?
0: For sure. No, that's just incredible that you're able to do that and that you're able to, to get that support. Um, cause there's, I know ourselves working with, with colleges and universities, it can be, it can be hard to even get that like type of innovative support for some of those more traditional programs like business or like policing or things that are kind of yeah are have been around for forever since the college opened up so to for to get that type of support yourselves it's amazing that georgian is is doing that and i can see why you're you're winning these awards because you're uh, putting in that work and yeah able to do these innovative things Uh, We have an amazing uh, new
2: president. He just came on in, uh, well, the beginning of September, but uh, I guess Kevin Weaver, he used to be the vice president of academics and he supports uh, indigenization uh, at the college uh, with his whole heart and uh, we can't be more happier. Uh, We're very, very lucky, Uh, very, very
0: lucky. Amazing, amazing. And looking at other colleges and people that are in the audience that are at other colleges and thinking about this themselves, it sounds like they should really look for a Rob or some sort of uh, support person in in the VR space. What are some of the other things that tips and tricks that they should think about or lessons learned as you've been launching VR uh, into your program?
1: One of them is to find a team that's passionate about um, moving forward with it because I think the team that we had, Michelle and I and Rob and the other faculty speakers um, were involved as well as putting some of the words to the items in the, in the VR. Um, I think we gelled really well together as work. And I know a lot of times, you know, you have to be willing to go beyond your job to be able to get something going that you have a passion for. And all three of us have that passion going at the same time. We're constantly in communication with each other. And um, just finding the right people to do this and to move forward and put, Anybody can do it, but it's just finding people that have that passion to um, put it all together, I think. What do you think, Michelle?
2: Yeah, I think the same. You need a lead person that, like, because I'm not a fluent speaker, so my role mostly was to coordinate and I love marketing. I can go in there and I just fly around. I love marketing the virtual reality. <laughs> if anyone messages me and they say, oh, can I of course, where do you want to meet? You know, and I'll go in there and I'll share my screen. And I'm just so proud of it. And our our last environment, uh, language in the natural environment is so incredibly beautiful. It, I, like uh, to the water, shimmering water. And the beautiful sunset they put in there and and even Rob said many, many times that it could almost be used as an environment for mental health to go in there and even meditate and and just to clear your mind because it is it's got all these different kinds of trees in there, and it's it's just absolutely beautiful and um and it looks very realistic and um so we are very, very
0: lucky. Amazing. Amazing. And that, yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense. It's one of the, the key points that I always tell people when we're, we're starting a project in VR is, yeah, you need to get that team together and have that mixture of people to support every aspect of the project that you're working on. And, and yeah, the passion piece is, is so key for sure. Um, looking at the the technical side, I know you said you started in Altspace and now you're using Engage I'm I'm curious and I don't want uh, I know both of them are great for different <laughs> reasons so I'm not asking you to put one of them down um, but, <laughs> but curious was was the visual quality the the main reason to move from place to to Engage or mm what were some of the other things that might have influenced
2: it? Oh, how's it going for you, you mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I guess so.
0: I'm just thinking for people in the audience, it's one of the main questions I get is what platform should we use? And we suggest different ones for all different use cases.
1: Definitely Engage. Yeah. Engage has so much more, um, um, what do you call, um, aspects like yeah, they have and holograms right is it holograms they're called yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. like animals you can just bring them in we have iPads we can write on we have sticky notes and um, all sorts of different other um, um, assets that can be put into that uh, world whereas all space was a good learning curve for us and if it's something that people want to just like play around with I think that's a good program to use. But most definitely Engage is what brought us here right now.
0: Mm. So you would say AltSpace uh, for yourselves and and probably for others is kind of great for jumping in and learning the ropes of VR and maybe some just general basic meetings. But then when you need those extra extra features and things, Engage is going to offer all the teaching tools you need.
2: Oh, yeah, well, sure. a little bit more stable because one night Angie and I were doing a presentation for her community, and we went to show them our alt space world, and the world disintegrated right in front of our eyes. Oh my god! Like our our assets were flying all over the place, yes.
0: and we were no, like, oh my
2: god, yeah, midair, and we we're like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, and we we're just like. It was beautiful, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. and then uh, engage the only thing with engage um, it's it does a lot of updates, and so what mm. happens every time it updates? it kind of moves your assets around or maybe takes recordings away or whatever, and so it's it's constant uh, upkeep, mm, but see. it has the capability. Uh, Is a better like teaching platform um, to be able to take the students in, and and, and from that aspect. And um, but um, we're still looking for another, uh, you know, platform that would be a lot more user friendly for others out in the community or organizations that we're hoping to affiliate with that are not as uh, comfortable technically um because like i said it is constant upkeep Mm. and uh and we've been contacted by our local school board too and they're wanting to use that uh within their schools to teach the language too as well and also uh, we had a meeting with the ministry of education uh on languages and some language teachers came in from various areas all over ontario and um they're, they were very interested too, as well. But a lot of the times people are like afraid. But all I can say is to, to people is just go for it. So I didn't grow up gaming. I did not even know how to use a gamepad because uh, I'd always get nauseous and stuff. My kids gamed, but I didn't. But since using it and, um, and, and seeing what it can do and and the joy that it brings to others to learn um i just say go for it really uh you have nothing to lose and uh inter- and if you have an opportunity to introduce virtual reality then introduce it you know um we w- our next project <laughs> Angie's going what what <laughs> <laughs> our ne- our next project i'd like to do a cultural world where we could create a world to teach others about truth and reconciliation, about treaties, and about different aspects of the culture from Mohawk to Métis to uh, Anishinaabe. Um, and because what we're finding out there, we I think at this point in life, we have more allies than we have ever had uh, uh, for the last I don't know how many years. And people want to ask questions and people want to learn uh, about the Indigenous culture, but sometimes they don't know how to ask it. And sometimes they feel they're going to say something to offend. But if they can go into a virtual reality world and learn and gain some knowledge to give them that comfort and safety and to be able to ask those questions, Wow, that would be beautiful, and and that virtual reality could be used by anybody around the world. Um, and so that that's what I'd like to see our next project.
0: I love it. That's that's such a important piece of or important aspect of what virtual reality can do of being able to have that safe space where you can ask those questions and not be afraid to uh, yeah. It, Because I I know ourselves, we've built out ethics simulation training uh, leaders on how to have conversations around sexism and racism and things along those lines. And yeah, it is so important because you're if you're a leader and you're faced with that um, or you're somebody that's just um, interested in indigenous cultures and you're meeting somebody who is indigenous for the first time, you don't might not know what are those right questions to ask if you can go into something. Uh, beforehand and gain some yeah. of that knowledge, then it puts you on that right path. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, it, it, you know, and it's so, so hopefully
2: that will happen. And, uh, and we've used BitSpace uh, as a developer um, from Manitoba, and Dan and his team have been absolutely wonderful, like to work with. I can't even tell you, like, really wonderful. It would be nice to um, maybe have an indigenous developer too as well. Mm.
1: Um,
2: Georgian College in the fall is starting uh, a design and gaming uh, program, which we're really excited about. I'll tell (laughs) you, if I didn't love my job so much, I would leave and go to to school and learn. I want to do that. I said to Angie, I think our next job after this is is something to do with virtual reality. Like, really. Um, And and so I said, I would love to go to school and and learn how to create the worlds. That's what I'd love to do.
1: I just wanted to add, to with the virtual reality and the schools being able to come in and um, see our world and stuff like that, and adding the cultural aspect to it, um, I think it'll give students a, a, a much brighter idea as to who the Indigenous people are of Canada, um, because we're they were not taught in schools um, and not since... Um, um, the 2,215 um, children that were found in camels from the residential school, has the media grabbed at it and started to talk about it, whereas we've been telling people for years and years that this is the genocide. It's been going on for a long, long time. So, so for students to be able to learn this in school to see what happened in Canada um, during. During all this time, and um, you know, not going into a lot of depth into it, but being able to learn in your levels as to what really happened to Indigenous people, why, why, why we see so much things that's going wrong with Indigenous people, <clears throat> then they start to realize, okay, that's probably why, because of all the intergenerational trauma that's happened, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very good learning learning tool and I do hope that the cultural aspect of it and the learning aspect of it does come full circle again for us. That means more work, Michelle.
2: <laughs> I don't care. I really, I, I tell you, yes, we've done this on top of our jobs full time, but you know, what? I don't care. I I've enjoyed, uh, it so immensely. I can't even tell you. And, and, but I wouldn't want to do it with anyone other than Angie. I'll have to tell you because she's, she jumped in. Cause when I went to her and said, Angie, what about virtual reality in the language? You know? And she said, okay. I said, okay, <laughs> Rob wants to, Rob wants to meet with us. I said, Let's meet with him and find out what it's all about. And and she was she, like just like how I thought of her five years ago. <laughs> you know, um, I thought, yep, she's the right person. And she has been. And so when she was talking about make sure that, you know, you're with the right team when you move forward here and they have the passion and, and, and she does. So um, and that's why it's so exciting to do this with her.
1: And it makes it so much easier as a group to be able to be on the same page with each other. And you just move along a lot faster. You start thinking the kind of the same line of things. So um, it was, I think overall was a lot of hard work, but in in another sense, it was very easy because of the people that we worked with, you know? Rob was fantastic at his job. Michelle's fantastic in her marketing and, and everything. And everybody picks up the slack somewhere, you know? So um yeah, it was good. All all around it was really good.
0: Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Sounds like a, a little startup within Georgian almost. <laughs> Coming from a startup <laughs> background <laughs> myself.
2: <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing. Thanks for Rob. <laughs> and
0: and so Talking, we're talking about the impact virtual reality can have in, in indigenous language and preserving cultures. Um, curious uh, yourselves, lots of people they may look at uh, movies like Ready Player One or things along those lines and see this dystopian future of what virtual reality may be and what it may cause. Um, what is your hope for where virtual reality may be yeah. in five to ten years in the education space or just in, in general? Um, I would
1: like to see it in all schools and be able to learn language this way as well. I mean, because you, ha- in order for you to learn a language, you have to immerse yourself into it. So you have to be constantly hearing it. So, and, and a lot of problems is that kids can learn it at school, but they don't have anybody to talk to to practice with when they get home because they're not fluent, right? So mm-hmm. in, in a way, this is gonna help a family as well, right? If they can go in together and learn together as a family and be able to immerse themselves that way. I think um, that's what I would like to see happen because we have that missing link with, okay, we're gonna teach them here. And I noticed it with our students as well. They can be learning all this language while they're with us but just being away from the at Christmas time for two or three weeks it's it's hard for them to get back into it they forget a lot of things so that's what I mean you just have to keep constantly being immersed in it and I I'm hoping that eventually that's going to happen and and I think the ones that are really passionate about learning the language and and that will do it I've seen it happen but to be able to um, have all indigenous students have a place to go to to be able to learn it would be awesome.
2: yeah, i I think I think virtual reality is an amazing teaching tool. So it could add to endless possibilities. What I like about it the most is that within seconds, you can meet with someone across the world. And how amazing is that? You know, and learn about other cultures, other languages, um, and just anything that's educational, anything that, um, you know, can improve your mental health or your your well-being, whatever it may be. Um, and it's the next best thing, I think, to being in person with someone. Um, yes, you know, the pandemic taught us Oh, yeah, we can. We taught for two years online, but we were staring at little squares. <laughs> and if mm-hmm. the student didn't want to engage or the learner didn't want to engage, they just shut their camera off. And that is no way to have or build a relationship, right? And that's sure. what I think about learning is too, as well as you need that relationship building. The wonderful thing, and like Angie said, when we first went into space in the pandemic and I almost had tears in my eyes because we were forced to stay in our houses, don't go out, wear masks, don't talk to people, you know, keep away from people and everything. And then I think Angie had her class in there and then Mitchell who teaches in language in our other program, he teaches in both programs, but he brought his class in too. So, and he's just standing there chatting away with one of Angie's students and I'm thinking, Oh my God, how cool is this? They're safe, you know, they're connecting, they're, you know, they're, even though they're not in person, they're still building a relationship. And, Mm. um, and I think being able to create yourself as an avatar gives people confidence, whereas a lot of people don't have confidence. Mm. And, um, because even though it is you that's in there, but your avatar can actually represent, who you want to be, even, you know? So it does, if you really think about the virtual worlds and what it can do for individuals, uh, you know, and it's different for everyone, like, you know, what what it would do for them. But I really think uh, for just even uh, mental health and learning, uh, I I think it is part of our
0: future and it will be. Amazing, amazing. And I think both you hit a few points there. Of, one, it's a that, that added confidence is amazing. The the safety of being in virtual reality is amazing. And then I uh, kind of touched on it, like the different types of learning that you have access to. Because one, you have your your professor or teacher that can join join you and teach a class and have a conversation yep. with you. But then I really liked your point, Angeline, about... Um, your family possibly being in, if if you're a student and you bring your headset home and everyone has headsets in, in the future, let's say you like, I know for myself, I wasn't very like, interested in French going through school and I I had to take the courses. But if one day in the future I have a kid and they're learning French in this virtual reality space and they come home and they're like, Hey, I'm going to go and learn French. (laughs) I might jump in with them and and go on that.
1: The beauty beauty about this Evan is they don't need a headset. You can use your PC and go in that way. So a whole family could go in and do it that way. Right. As long as they have a good high speed internet, um a whole family one can have be on a headset the other ones can be on iPads um PCs um even um I don't know can we get on it with an iPhone
0: uh depending on the platform I don't know if Engage yeah. does that but I know like yeah don't Room, think it could example, be that strong
2: especially because our depends on our our like our language in the natural environment has a lot of assets, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if a phone could run it.
2: Right, right.
1: <laughs> uh, the thing about the mental health part about it, Evan, yeah. is what we yeah. really like is you can build your avatar to make yourself look so sexy.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a big <laughs> gold jacket in my <laughs> You can have different
1: color. <laughs> I wear glasses. I don't have to wear glasses when I'm in yes. university avatar and i can have this beautiful uh, figure and nice tight jeans on and <laughs> running shoes and whatever right whatever i feel like dressing up like and and that's the beauty about having those avatars and feeling like you do actually feel like that person when you're in there so it's a yes. boost too for your confidence right
0: oh for sure well it's for like
1: sure. running too, eh? yeah. even
2: if it, like if you you can run and so people who can't run anymore because of bad <laughs> knees or bad backs or whatever, you can run in there and, and your brain actually tells you you're actually doing it. Yeah. Wow. What does that do to yourself?
1: Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Uh, yeah. It makes you smile, of course, or, you know, you run mm-hmm. up a flight of stairs in 30
0: seconds. Like, it's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. You can, yeah, I could even You see do like,
2: things.
0: It, it just yeah, makes me you, think. Cool. Like, uh, sorry. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it makes me think like my, my grandma's in a retirement home and she recently yeah. shifted into a wheelchair because she's not confident in walking long distances. But like, maybe being in VR, even though she isn't walking or running in real life, that might kind of like, well, one, boost her spirits, but then two, could mentally, I could see how that could be like, okay, well, now I'm going to try yeah. walking a little further in real life. Interesting. You know, yeah
1: when you're in a classroom and you're like, you're teaching all day and you're just really exhausted mentally, especially when you're teaching language, right? Because that your mindset is in the language all day. Um, but for mental health reasons, um, we have this other platform called I Learn at Georgian. And uh-huh. Michelle and I go in there once in a while and there's actually a boat speed boat yeah we get in the speed boat and we'll ride around all (laughs) over the water and you're actually driving it and you're running around and all those other things and you know just going in for five or ten minutes in between uh, classes is wonderful for your brain to just um just to give yourself a little um release from everything else right
0: Oh, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Every Monday, yep. our team, we start in VR, we have our VR meeting with whiteboards, but then before we go to work, we'll play paintball or fight, fight dragons oh, or different right. things. So.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Great way I'm to gonna go. I want
1: to go work for Evan, uh, not <laughs> 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 No, you have to stay for, them for 20 years. <laughs> I have to stay with them for 20 years. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I, as we're talking, we'll definitely have to, to stay connected and reconnect soon because we've actually been working on a project with Georgian uh, with some of your uh, AI development students and we've developed or we're working on right now. Um, a a language-based uh like conversational tool so it's for our no way. training at the moment so like how can you have a conversation with a witness or a suspect and it's just you talk and then the ai responds to you uh, i'd be really interested wow. to see how we could continue that work uh oh. in, in language t- teaching in other areas as well
2: wow oh Evan, yeah. that would be amazing
0: yeah no i i didn't even think of it until right now but it's it's the perfect fit i think
2: so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you come up to Georgia? Though have you come up to our campus?
0: Unfortunately, not yet. We were all all remote calls so far, but hoping to to come up with our CTO sometime soon. Uh, once the project starts to wrap up, at, at least.
2: Well, let me know because it would be really nice to invite you to our resource center and you can come see our space and stuff. That would be That'd really be nice.
0: That'd be amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. meet the
2: language uh, students. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mhm. Oh, that's awesome. oh, that's incredible.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, I, I see we're we're just past time here, so uh don't want to take up too much of your time Is there anything else that uh, we didn't get to or that you want to to mention or or uh, bring up or anything that you would ask of the audience if they're able to to help. Um well eventually because when angie and i retire we're going
2: to need two people to replace us <laughs> 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 that have passion <laughs> and that will carry on what we started <laughs> so yeah. uh, i think i think about that i really do i i think about oh we've started something so amazing and wonderful that uh when it comes our time uh i'm hoping there'll be people um that we can mentor to, to do all of this wonderful work. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and the, and I guess, you know, because, we, you know, as you get older, because <laughs> um, we're not as young as some people, um, you think about that. You think about the next generation of learners and how will, how will they learn? And, uh, and I'm hoping that this will stay within Indigenous uh, Studies uh, programming for many years to come. I really do. And, th- and that we just grow upon it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I'm hoping that this gives our uh, fluent elders, elders a little bit more um, into realizing that this language is dying quite fast. We lost six yeah. community members this year that were fluent mm-hmm. speakers. And they yeah. were always opposed to um, using um, um electronical things to um you know um preserve the language and stuff Mm. like that but we need to do it in a faster quicker pace and this is obviously the fastest way we can do it and in order for our um, fluent speakers to see what's going on and they come in and see what's going on in the virtual I mean I think they're going to change their minds and think yeah this is a really cool way to restore the language and revitalize it and and, um, that's what my hope is anyway that um, we can change those people's minds
0: -hmm. amazing amazing yeah so yeah Yeah. if you're if you're interested in in virtual reality or in indigenous language studies definitely reach out to michelle and angie and and get connected on how you might be able to be part of the program moving forward and then as well how maybe they people can bring it to their school and then so you can continue to spread that word i love it oh
2: oh, evan we can't thank you enough uh oh no thank you uh, and i know i'm I met you through virtual reality, which was really nice, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I look forward to meeting you in person one day, And uh, but I can't thank you enough for uh, inviting Angie and I today. It means
0: a lot to us. Yeah, no, I, I look forward to, to meeting in person, hopefully sometime soon, and it, it is my, my honor to have you on on the podcast, and yeah, it's so great uh, to be able to chat. Oh, thank
2: you.
1: Angie, thanks, Evan. Thanks, Evan. Yeah, it's thank been you. it's been wonderful, and uh, that that's what we need. Spread the word.
0: For sure, for sure. <laughs> well, hopefully, we can help spread the word a little bit, and we'll make sure to to share everything with you once uh, once the podcast is up. Um, so, yeah, thank you again for for coming onto the podcast. And have a great day. Uh, thank you, Evan. Mi
2: Evan. Miigwetch. Have a great day. Bye, P.
1: Bye, P.
0: Sorry. Could you just uh, translate for me so I, I know? Later. We later. don't have
1: a word for goodbye <laughs> okay. in the okay. So the word is Ba Mam P. So we'll see you again sometime. Yeah. Later. Ba
0: Mam P. Ba. Ba. Ma. Ba-
1: ma. Ma. P. Ba.
0: Ba. P.
2: Yeah. And you know what it's spelled? B A A M A A P I I. Oh, P I I okay. Bama P. Yep, Bama P so means see you later, later. and 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 me means thank you. And Mi-gwetch. that's M I I G W E C H. So double I makes up me an E sound, E. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so me guach sometimes Mi-gwetch. you'll hear people say Shimi glitch means like thank you
1: very much and uh, so. Take care.